Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good, 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 good. So uh, let's just call a spade a spade. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure that, that Pastor Ryan likes me because he likes me or because he likes San Diego now. Uh, I'm not sure. What, but uh, can I, let me just say a couple of things before we get started. Um, what's coming out of a preacher's mouth means absolutely nothing. Um, but let me, let me say this much, that uh, you have uh, in Pastor Ryan one of the very best young leaders I'm convinced in all of America uh, as your pastor. I'm absolutely convinced of that. And uh, it's just been a delight uh, for me to watch how Holy Spirit has just placed his anointing on Pastor Ryan and uh, brought him uh, here. And I had a little bit to do with that, but just watching that happen and seeing how God unfolded that. But I just, uh, in a very appropriate way, I love your pastor. I love Katie. I love their hearts and their spirits. Um, And... As you may or may not know, you, I, I don't know of how much he shares about this because I'm clueless. Um, but, you know, he's been, uh, he's been suffering for about 11 weeks with a, a lower back issue. Um, and he's going to see a doctor uh, this coming week. And I, I just felt a prompt in this uh, last service that we should just take a second and pray for him. And um, so would you mind if we did that? Would that be cool with you? And, um, and I, I don't care. I'm the boss. I got the stage. Here we go anyways. Okay? So, and I never use that language. So it is what it is. But... Um, Ryan, can we just pray for you for a minute? Would that be okay? And uh, so let's just do it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something even more bizarre um, than that. I'm I'm gonna do this, uh, Pastor. I'm gonna ask you to stand because you're a pastor and you have to do it all the time, anyways. And I'm gonna ask um, if there's anyone else who just needs a physical healing of some kind, shape, or form. Uh, I met a dear man um, who some of you know uh, in the lobby earlier today, um, who's uh, facing uh, obviously cancer of the mouth and all that kind of stuff, and. He's going to U of M this week, and I just prayed uh, for him. I think his name was Mike, and I just prayed for Mike for a few moments. And, but if you're, if you're facing some kind of uh, physical thing and you just say, hey, Chris, I'd like to get in on this prayer thing, if you don't mind standing as well, um, I would feel honored to that. And then uh, I'm going to ask the last bizarre thing I'm going to ask, and that is to say, if you're around someone that's standing, would you mind just kind of getting up, putting your shoulder on, I'm putting their, your hand on their shoulder, and, um, and let's just surround them and ask God to to do a work in their life. Can we do that? Thank you for those of you who are around that. Let's just pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had earlier in this service to to worship you just now and to proclaim through our lips that you are a mighty warrior, that you are a great defender. You are also our healer. You're the one who brings healing to us. Now, God, sometimes you choose to do that uh, through doctors, which is so cool. Uh, Sometimes you choose to do that through medication, which is so awesome. Sometimes you choose to heal us miraculously. And so, God, you've told us in your word in the book of James that if someone is not well, that they should come and that the people of the church, the elders of the church, should pray for them. And um, that there are times when you will bring healing to a person's physical body as a result of that prayer. So we pray right now in the name of Jesus for Pastor Ryan, for those who are standing, and we pray that you would supernaturally bring healing to their lives. We pray, Jesus, that you would bring healing to their physical lives right now. Wherever it is, we believe that you are a God who moves and who heals. Jesus, uh, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and just as you healed people when you were here in a physical way on earth, you can bring healing to people's lives now, and we ask you in your name, Jesus, for you to receive all the praise, for you to receive all the glory, to bring healing to the lives that are standing right now. We just ask you to do that. And we don't do it presumptuously, but we do it with faith, 
believing that you're a God who's mighty enough to do it. And so we just come to you in humility and ask you to do it. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Um, let me say a couple more things and I'll get into the message. And that is just, hey, I just also want to say that not only do you have an awesome lead couple in Pastor Ryan and Katie, but you also have an awesome staff here. It's quite frankly not fair that you have so many great people on staff at one church. They should be distributed a little bit more, but they're not. You got them all here, okay? So uh, can we just say thank you for the, the staff that are here? Yeah, and then I'll tell you, it's great when you believe, it's great when, you know, people believe in the leader. It's even more awesome when the leaders believe in people. And, um, and what Pastor Ryan just modeled for us a few moments ago when he thanked those of you who volunteered last night, uh, it's just an example of that. And so can I just say, if, if you serve in any capacity here, if you greet, if you work in the children's ministry, uh, if, you, if you're on the worship team, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you serve in any way here, uh, would you mind, I, I'm not going to embarrass you any more than just ask you to stand up for five seconds. Would you stand for five seconds if you serve in any volunteer capacity here? You're a difference maker. Can we thank them? You are the ones who actually make this happen. Okay, so cool. So it is Mark 12.06. And this service goes till 3, right? Is that right? Some of you are breaking out in hives right now. You're like, no! <laughs> um, okay, so here's the deal. I'm the guy that should be on Ritalin and is not. And the really good news is that Pastor Ryan is speaking next weekend. You don't have to put up with me any longer. Uh, that's the really good news. But here's the deal. I want you to think of something that you do really well. That you're just naturally good at. Maybe you came out of your mother's womb naturally good at it. Maybe you've learned how to do it. And it can be anything. It could be playing an instrument. It, it can be cooking. It can be maybe you're really good at golf. Maybe you're really good at math. Maybe you're really good at accounting, that kind of stuff. Maybe you're, really, you're a really good entrepreneurial type of person. Maybe you're a really good inventor. Maybe you're really good with people. You can make friends really, really well. My wife is an incredible nurturer. She nurtures everything within a 50-mile radius of her. Doesn't matter if you're a human or animal, she will find a way to nurture you. Okay, that's just how my wife is. And, and, and by the way, people tell this, they, she now has, I think if you go on Google, it should just say Mary hugs. Because um, Mary, Mary hugs, every, and, and people talk about uh, there's a hug, and then there's a hug that you get from Mary Conrad. Okay, and she just gives the best hugs in the world. And I love being married to her, because I get more hugs than anybody. So there you go. Okay, so anyway, think of something that, again, you're good at, whether you've learned to do it or whether you're just natural. My mother could play everything she heard on the radio. She could play it on the piano when she was four years old. Now, that's just, that's just God-given. Maybe it's that for you, or, or maybe you've, you've worked really, really hard to, to become good at it. Now, I want you to pretend for just a minute that whatever it is that you're good at, for whatever reason, you had a bad day in that area. Okay, so maybe your golf game is incredibly good, but you slice and dice all over the course that day. Maybe you're an incredible cook, but you find a way to burn the macaroni and cheese, the craft macaroni and cheese. Okay, so I, I just think you're having a bad day in, in that way. Now, here's the deal. When we're having a bad day, if we're really honest with each other, we kind of secretly hope that two things will happen. Well, the, the first thing is, is that we hope that no one is watching Right? And the second thing is we hope no one recognizes how incredibly embarrassed we are. 
Because we, we get embarrassed in that way. Now, hang on to that thought. I'm going to come right back to it in just a few moments. How many of you enjoy fishing? Are there any fisher people in the room? Raise your hands high. Good for you. Okay, awesome. Okay, now here's the deal. I'm 53 years old and I've never once caught a fish. Now, don't come say to me, oh, we want to take you fishing. Yes, we do. No, because you would be the 14th person, literally, who has taken me out fishing and I, I'm a death warrant to fish. So don't, don't say that to me. I, I won't take you up on it. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Now, now, here's the thing. Imagine, if you will, that you are a commercial fisher person, that you make your money by fishing, that you put food on the table both literally and figuratively by fishing. Now, imagine you've been up all night fishing and you haven't caught a thing. Now, I don't know much about fishing, obviously, because I've never caught anything, right? So I don't know anything, but I, I know this much. I don't know how many of you have ever seen this show, Deadliest Catch, but I know there are two things that you don't want to have happen when you're fishing. Number one, you don't want anyone to die. And number two, you actually want to catch fish, right? And so imagine, if you will, coming back after all night fishing and you haven't caught a thing, and you're a commercial fisherman, this is how you put food on your family's table. This is how you provide for your family. Well, again, going back to the first thing I was talking about, when that happens, it's not like you want everyone to see that and you're kind of ticked off about it. Kind of a little embarrassed, kind of ticked off about it. So why am I telling you that story? Because in Luke chapter 5 of the New Testament of the Bible, there's this phenomenal story that, that Luke tells us about these two guys, Pete, Pete and Andy. Now, Pete and Andy went fishing all night long. They were commercial fishermen. And they did this third shift, and they stayed up all night long, and they went fishing, and they didn't catch anything. And I, I don't know about you, but if, um, if any of you happen to be married to someone, or you are a parent of someone, or you are a friend of someone who fishes, and if they don't catch anything, what kind of mood do they tend to be in? They're, they're grumpy. Okay, they're grumpy. And so here's the deal. Imagine that you did the third shift, you, you fished all night, now you're back, and according to Luke, the, Pete and Andy were coming back in, and, and they, they still had to clean their nets. Even though they didn't catch it, they had to clean their nets. So they're by this place called the Sea of Galilee, and they're, they're probably grumpy. They're probably a little ticked off because not only did they not catch anything, but there's nothing to sell, so there's no, there's no money to take home. There's no food to take home. And, and as they're sitting there cleaning their nets, here comes this guy that they've heard of but never really met, this guy by the name of Jesus. Now, in Jesus' day, there was no such thing as HBO, no such thing as Hulu, no such thing as YouTube, no such thing as the NFL. Some of you are saying, praise God, I live in 2019. Okay? No such thing as movies. There's no such thing really as entertainment except for two things. The theater, and I'm not talking movie theater, I'm talking like acting type of theater. And then oratory, when someone would speak. When someone would speak, like your pastor speaks, not like me, but when someone who actually has the skill of communication, like your pastor. When, when someone would speak, they would come around and they would, they'd want to hear that person because, again, there was nothing else to do, right? And so Jesus is teaching, and as he's teaching, he's walking, and people are following him, and a, a, a bigger and bigger and bigger crowd is, is gathering around because they want to hear Jesus teach. 
they, they want to hear the things he's saying because he's, in a good way, he's entertaining them. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. He's, they've, he's captured their attention. So they're following Jesus, and he, he ends up walking up to where Pete and Andy are cleaning their nets, and he's got such a crowd around him that he says, hey, guys, can I borrow your nets? I mean, me, can I borrow your boat? Well, if you've ever been out in the water early, early in the morning or late at night, then you know that water can be this wonderful kind of echo chamber for sound. Like, noise can go a long way on a real flat water base. And so all Jesus is wanting to do is he's wanting to get offshore about 20, 30 feet so he can continue to teach and people continue to listen to him. And so that's exactly what happened. So I, I'm sure probably Pete and Andy look up at him and say, are you stinking kidding me? Like we've been up all night. Fine. You want to borrow the boat? Great. Okay. Put the nets back in the boat. And they go out. And they go out about 30 feet and Jesus teaches. And we have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell us how long. Jesus teaches for it, but he's finally done. He says, okay, I'm done now. Bye. In my name. Amen. And people walk away. Okay. And then, some of you will catch that later today at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and, then, and then what happens is, is that Jesus looks at Pete and Andy and he says, hey, guys, why don't we go fishing? And I know, what's, I, I mean, I don't know, but what's going to happen, right, that, in that moment, in, in Pete and Andy's eyes, are you sticking kidding me? We've been up like 21 hours right now. And we were up all night and we didn't catch a thing. Jesus, they're thinking in their head, do you know that fish usually don't bite in the middle of the day? We were out at the prime fishing time and didn't catch a thing. The fish are not biting right now. It is a colossal waste of time to go fishing right now. Jesus, you might be an awesome teacher, really appreciate you, but please just stay in your lane. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that thought or not. When Jesus comes and he wraps his arm around you and he just says, hey, I got an idea for your life. And you just say, hey, that's great. Why don't you stay in your lane? Okay, Jesus, fine. We don't want to be jerks. We don't, we, okay, fine. It's not the great, greatest time to go fishing, but we'll go do it. So they take the boat out a little bit further. They put their nets down. And I know Pete's got to be saying, I'm, I, Jesus, I'm going to say it. I told you so. I told you so. It's going to be such a delight when I get to say, told you so. It's like when Ryan finally gets to get really excited because Michigan wins over Notre Dame. <laughs> I told you so. It's such a rare thing. But when it happens, you have to celebrate. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> this will be the last time I get invited to come back for five years. That's just going to happen. I'm just kidding. So anyways, so. You know, but, okay, Jesus, fine, we'll put down, the, they put down the nets, and all of a sudden, every fish in that lake starts beelining it to those nets, and starts filling those nets, and Pete and Andy, oh my goodness, and they've got business partners out on the lake shore, probably 40, 80, 90, 100, 150 yards away, Jim, John, James and John, Jim, John, get out of here, now, so they start rowing their boats out, and they end up filling both boats with fish. Blows Pete's mind. Like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Well, I don't know if you've ever been around fishermen enough, like sailors. They don't always have the sweetest vocabulary in all the world. 
So we're not exactly sure, but we do know this much. that Luke records for us that as they're rowing back in, eventually Pete looks at Jesus and he realizes that everything that's happened, the reason that the fish have filled both his boat and his business partner's boat, Jim and John's boat, is because something miraculous has just happened. And he can't explain it, but this much he knows. He knows that he does not feel comfortable being around someone as spiritual as Jesus. And so he looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, I respectfully ask you, would you please, now it's no longer will you stay in your lane. Now it's, would you just leave me? Just leave me alone. And the only reason he's saying that is because he in his spirit doesn't feel spiritual enough to be around Jesus. Now here's the interesting thing. I'm wondering if there's anyone in this room Jesus is wildly in love with you. He died to be in a relationship with you. But you don't feel worthy to be in a relationship with him. Can I tell you? He loves you. Regardless of anything you've ever done. Regardless of anything you've done this week. Regardless of any thought, any action. He loves you and he wants to begin a relationship with you. Please, please, please. Don't, you know, sometimes people come to church just because they want to get around spiritual things, but they don't feel spiritual enough to actually get involved. Last week, there were seven people that were supposed to be baptized, but instead 12 people got baptized last week here in your life. And that's something you guys ought to be celebrating until the cows come home about. Because there are churches all over this country that don't have one person that's baptized all year long. Last year alone, you had 12 And five of them were spontaneous. People that just went public and said, Jesus Christ has changed my life. I want to be excited about that. Sorry for the four people I just woke up. Good morning. (laughs) You got an extra hour of sleep last night and you're still falling asleep. How am I doing? So some of you are around the things of Jesus. But Jesus is all, oh, no. Would you come in? As a matter of fact, what's fascinating to me is that Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, Simon. Hey, Pete, don't be afraid. And then not only that, not only does he welcome Pete, just like he welcomes you into a relationship with him, then he says, hey, Pete, from now on, you're going to fish for people. So what did Pete do? Well, he and Andy, as it turned out, Jim and John, they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. Why? The reason they follow Jesus is because Jesus is saying, I've got a mission for you, Pete. You've got a destiny to fulfill. Can I just encourage you with something? Jesus has got an amazing destiny for you to fulfill as well. Ah, As we get into God's word, as we actually begin to to take in his word and allow it to to begin to transform our lives, then one of the things he says to us is, I've got a mission for you to fulfill. And you say, okay, does that mean that I have to like leave Sturgis and go somewhere halfway around the world? No, no, no. It could mean you staying right where you are in the school that you're in, in the company that you're in, in the neighborhood that you're in, in the house that you're in, in the environment that you're in, and watch as I want to work through you to begin to bless the people around you. See, some of us are missing out on a dynamic dynamic part of our life. See, here's the deal. If you were to ask Peter, uh, 
catch up with Peter 15 years later after this date and say, hey, Pete, was it worth it? Like leaving your nets behind and following Jesus and actually getting involved in what he had for you. Hey, Pete, was it actually worth it? You know what Pete would tell you? Oh, I can't tell you. Like there are times people would say, when I absolutely blew it, like he even told me that I was going to deny him three times and I still denied him. But then, then there was a day when the Holy Spirit came down upon us and, and the Holy Spirit prompted me to begin to preach. And I'd never preached a day in my life. I'd always had a big mouth. I always talked. But I never preached a day in my life. And I preached that day and 3,000 people came into a relationship with Jesus Christ that day alone. Oh man, I could have been back fishing, but instead I got in the game that Jesus invited me to get into. Now there are different positions on the team. Absolutely there are. There are absolutely different positions. But here's what I don't want you to think. I don't want you to think that because you're not a pastor or a preacher perhaps, that that doesn't mean that you are any less called by God to be his or her person out where God has placed you. I just want to encourage you. There are people all around you who desperately need to know that Jesus loves them. And he's placed you where he's placed you. Just so you can begin to tell him. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be any of that. So today's Sunday, right? Unless I've lost my ever-living mind. Today's Sunday. Some of you have said, you lost your ever-living mind a long time ago. Friday, two days ago, I'm getting my hair cut. I know, you're thinking, you actually pay to get that done to your head? So I, I get a haircut. I'm sitting at Ann. Her name is Ann. She's cutting my hair. Ann, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I mean, we had a good conversation. I try and always flip it. Usually the person that's sitting in the chair talks a lot more than the person who's cutting the hair. I always try and flip it and make the other person talk more. So my hair cutter, who's been my hair cutter, she's been my beautician, whatever, uh, the person that cuts my hair for three years. And so I said, Ann, how are things going? She said, they're going okay. And I said, what's going on? And she goes, well, my 18-year-old daughter is not doing all that great in her freshman year of school. She's kind of struggling a little bit. And so we just talked about that for 90 seconds or so. And then I'm sitting there. I said, Ann, keep cutting my hair. Keep your eyes open. I'm going to keep, please keep your eyes open while you're cutting my hair. That would be really helpful. Um, and Ann, I'm just going to begin to pray right now. And I just, be, Lord Jesus, you know Ann's daughter, Grace. You know everything that Grace is feeling right now. You know everything that she's experiencing. You know the loneliness that she's experiencing. You know just the, the difficulty that she's experiencing. I pray in Jesus' name that right now she would begin to understand your amazing love for her. And I pray that she'd understand that you're going to help her at every step of her process. So just bless Grace today. Let her know that you love her so much, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now some of you are thinking, well, did Ann think you're a freakazoid? Well, I would have a lot of people in my life that would think I'm a whack job, absolutely. But what Anne actually thinks in that moment is thank you. Thank you. I, I told the people in the, uh, in the second service that um, I'm old enough to drink coffee but not mature enough to drink coffee. And so uh, I drink hot chocolate. And I used to be the guy that would go to the gas station and push a little button and you'd get powder and water, whatever, right? That's how you drink hot chocolate, right? Um, and, and, and then my wife said, have you ever tried hot, choc hot chocolate at Starbucks? And, um, and I was cursed ever since. 
And so it's not nearly as good as, as Five Flags Coffee, but I, I go to Starbucks now, and, and I get my hot chocolate. Uh, I was at, a, uh, at 5.30 this morning. I was at a, a Starbucks in Kalamazoo. Um, and, and, and here's the deal. I, I know about 80% of the baristas at the three Starbucks that are within four miles of my house. Um, I know that's scary for some of you, okay? Um, but uh, you can pray for me if you want to. It's not a problem. You should pray for me anyways. But, um, but I, I have so many. I could give you so many different names of people that, um, yeah, her, her name is Sean. And uh, she happens to be Risa. And there's uh, both guys and girls that this happens with. But this particular, I don't know, a couple weeks ago with Sean. And she hurt her shoulder. And I just said, ah, oh, man, and I'm so sorry. And you heard it at work. Okay. Uh, Sean is helping me across the, the cash register. God, I just pray that you would bless Sean today. Pray that you would uh, reduce the pain that she's feeling. I pray that she would know how much you love her, how much you adore her, because she's ultimately, Jesus, someone that is made in your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that took, what, 17 seconds? Can I just tell you, I, I don't mean this arrogantly at all. Please don't understand, please do not misunderstand me. Do you know what Sean remembers from that entire six or seven hour shift that day? The 17-second prayer that some whack job did with her over the thing. Why? Because she had an encounter with God, not with me, but with, the, with God. You can do that at school. You can do that at work. You can do that in your neighborhood. You can do that, in, and you don't have to be a crazy person because of it. And the people around you are desperate for it. Can I give you one more example out of Luke chapter 5? There are these guys. We don't know how many. We don't have any clue how many. Uh, but there are these guys that have a friend that got paralyzed, probably at work. We don't know that for sure. But I, I, think it, I, I think the scripture just insinuates that this guy got hurt at work. And so he's got some working buddies that have compassion on him. And he's paralyzed. And, and they want to they get their friend to Jesus. Because they've heard that Jesus can heal people. And so they, they, they want to bring their friend to Jesus. But the problem is, is that typical guys, they're late. They're watching ESPN or something. I don't know. But they're late. <laughs> and so they walk, they try and get in the room, but the room is just so full. There's not a chair anywhere. They can't, and, and, and there's no room. There's no room on the floor. There's no way for them to get their friend that they've carried to Jesus, to Jesus. So what do they do? They go up on the roof and they cut a hole in the roof. Now, can you just imagine, sometimes we don't, when we read scripture, we don't actually think what it would be like to be in that setting. Imagine you're sitting there, room packed, it's a little warm, you can smell the people's B.O. around you. And all of a sudden, you hear this sound. Like today, it would be a saw, you know. Wing! And you look up. Can you imagine right now, if someone began to cut a hole in the roof of this place right now? Okay, and you're getting dust all over you. It's falling on your head and all this kind of stuff. That's exactly what happened in Luke chapter 5. And so now, they're, you know, they get a dust, and they lower this guy, because here's the deal. I've got about 87 slides until I get there. Um, but eventually, it's going to be really cool. See, I told you I wasn't going to, there you go. I told you I was not going to keep you here till 3. We've got to get Herschel to Jesus. Like, I don't know if that was his name or not. I made it up. I don't care. But we've got to get our friend to Jesus. Okay, now, I am so out of time. i got to shut up. Okay, buddy. So 1993, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, my much better half, again, I married way over my head with my wife. And, but we were starting a church in this little town 
I, this is a true story. I actually got fired from Sturgis Wesleyan Church in Sturgis, South Dakota. True story. Can you believe they fired me? I'm a nice guy. Fired my butt. I've been fired from two different churches. It's a true story. Anyway, so I got fired. And then, and then the district came to me and said, why don't you go plant a church somewhere? So anyways, we ended up planting this church in a place called Spearfish, South Dakota, which is a stupid sounding name, but a beautiful little community in the Black Hills. And I remember when we went in to get our post office box. Don't worry, this will make sense in just a second. I went in to get our post office box. And the guy who helped me was the postal supervisor. And he was a buff guy who had a Harley Davidson earring. And by the way, Sturgis is known for the Harley Davidson rally. And Spearfish was only 20 miles away from Sturgis. So he had a Harley Davidson earring. So he fits buff guy. If my wife were here, she would tell you that he's really good looking. I don't judge guys like that, so I don't know. But <laughs> apparently he's good looking and buff and all this kind of stuff. But I just sensed in my spirit that he, had, he, um, he didn't have any relationship with God. And I walked out to my car that day, the day that I set up our post office box of the church. I walked out to my car, got in my car, and I said, Jesus, if you can help us reach that guy, maybe you can help us reach the rest of the city for Jesus. Can I tell you that three years later, that guy was baptized and gave his heart to Jesus. Now, why do I tell you that story? Because who is it in your life? that you think is farthest from Jesus right now. You know, you've got this little card that kind of sits out in the back, your Ocas card. Who is it that you're just praying for these days? Who is it that God has placed in your life and you're just praying for them? Can I just beg you, don't give up. Don't give up. These guys had their friends Herschel, and God said to them, invited them in 